the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're back at 5.04 on the Stephan Tubbs Show. Randy Corcoran here from Saturday Nights. We'll be uh, adding our third hour back in starting on January 7th. This Saturday we're going to do a pre-recorded show, a couple of hours, some interviews you don't often hear, including we think maybe some folks who we can't get live on Saturdays because of for religious reasons or family reasons. They just don't do radio then. So we'll see how that all plays out. Be back live in studio on January 7th and with our new three-hour slot. Really looking forward to that. Good to have you here. Our phone number, 303-696-1971, 303-696-1971. Roy Kelman's in the newsroom. Been a good day here in Colorado. 52 degrees was the high. Damn near Harley weather, except I knew I'd be here till dark and cold. It's 45 in Aurora, 45 over there in hell, my beloved home city of Denver, Democrat-controlled Denver. Uh, but a good-looking week ahead. We're going out where it's a little warmer. I assume it's been warm where our guest, Tyler Boyer, lives out there in Arizona. I actually don't know exactly where you live, Tyler. So uh, did you get any of that cold spell? Tyler, we got you. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, Did you did you have any of that cold spell? No, you know what? It's uh, I can't complain here. It's 70 degrees in Phoenix. So, nice, nice. Know. So, you know, it's, this is why we live here, Randy. <laughs> no, I hear you. And when it's 105 is why I don't. So, uh... <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so we're talking with Tyler Boyer. He's the Republican National Committee man from Arizona. What was your role in the Republican Party before that, Tyler? So I was actually uh, the youngest chair ever of Maricopa County uh, almost 10 years ago. So eight years ago, I uh, I hosted the first Trump rally that ever happened. Our team here hosted Donald Trump in 2015 in July. You mentioned those, those, that heat wave. It was probably 115 degrees outside. And we had 10,000 people you know, show up for that first one. And then you know, he, never, he never looked back and ended up going straight to the presidency at the chagrin of, of Jeff Flake and John McCain at the time. Yeah, it really was painful to watch Republicans weep over that. And then uh, in some cases here in Colorado, some of the old guard Republicans said, you know, we really liked what he did. We voted for him twice, but uh, but he's just so damaging to the party. We've got to move away from Donald Trump. And obviously, you know, we're two years away from that election and a year away from um, from really starting to see how the nomination process plays out. Right. But at this stage, it seems idiotic to me for Republicans to be trying to encourage people to count out Donald Trump because he is very likely to be the Republican nominee. So why would you set yourself up that way? Yeah, I mean, look, it kind of goes blends with the conversation we were having earlier, which is, you know, it's kind of this McCain versus Trump type of a type of a deal. Look, there's positives to everything. There's positives to every relationship. That should exist, and we all have our strong suits, and we all have our people. And I mean, to an extent, we can't win without everybody, you know, getting on the side of freedom here. So, 
you know, there's some things that we, we had to overlook, you know, when John McCain ran and the vast majority of us voted for the guy, even though he, even here in Arizona, he didn't have a, a lot of people that loved him to death, but he was, he was the nominee and he was a lot better than what we ended up with. And so there's, there's this, this situation that we have now where, you know, the majority of the party is conservative. You know, I would argue in a lot of places here in Arizona, it's probably 80 or 90%, you know, America first Tea Party esque, you know, constitutionalist conservative and probably 15 or 10%, you know, it's kind of that old guard now at this point. So, you know, the, the reality is this is like, they got to get on board for some of these things. Yeah. I mean, is Donald Trump perfect? No. Is, are there some things that he could do better? And, you know, I, I, you know, I disagree with him on, on many things. I disagree with my wife on a lot of things, you know, and we married each other. So, I mean, that's just, that's how politics works. But, you know, these guys, if they're willing to, you know, sabotage the Republican party, you know, in order for this, this uniparty, you know, weirdo, you know, chamber of consultants, chamber of commerce mentality here. That's just as for the country. I, I don't, that's not good for the, for the country. That's not good for America. And it's not good for the world either, you know, having a week in America. So, I mean, look, this is, this is the fight. This is the battle that's at our doorstep here today. And we've got to fight it out and win. Without a doubt. We promised in this final segment, I certainly don't want to ask you to stay again, um, that we would talk a little bit about the Arizona election, Carrie Lake's lawsuit. I have not read the judge's ruling yet, so I'm not making any particular legal comments about it. Um, but you've watched this. Uh, you've, you were commenting on it before the suit, during the suit, and I assume after the suit with Charlie Kirk and elsewhere. Um, so you've been watching it very, very closely. What's what's your take on it, and uh, what do you think Carrie Lake will do next? Yeah, I mean, look, Arizona's the tip of the spear for the rest of the country at this point. Uh, what they're trying to do to Arizona is what they're going to do to other states, Idaho, Utah, uh, on, the, on the East Coast, Tennessee. You know, we're seeing this to an extent in Georgia as well, almost identical type stuff. And then they're going to do it in the Midwest, too, where, where the left is losing ground. So, you know, we got to take this seriously, the election integrity force that we have to build. And we haven't done a good enough job at the Republican Party. I mean, God bless Carrie Lake uh, for fighting back. She brought up significant points of issue that happened here in Maricopa County. And the judge, I mean, look, there's just no judge in America, I think, at this point, and certainly not ones that are appointed by bad people uh, that are going to make, you know, risky decisions here. They're going to kind of come out and do what this guy did, which was, look, you know, there's a lot of good points here, but, you know, there's just not enough to overturn an election or send it back or, you know, look at this any further, and they just kind of want to clear it off their desk. And that's the problem that we have right now in America is we've had some weak leaders, you know, that have been a lot, a lot of them have been governors, unfortunately, who have allowed bad judges to get in there. And these bad judges, if we don't vote them out or remove them, depending upon what state you're in, you're going to end up with favorable rulings for, again, that kind of bought off middle of the road type people. And that's what they know and understand. And this is the reason why they want to pass ranked choice voting. This is the reason why they want to moderate the party um, because, you know, they, they can control the judiciary very well. So, I mean, that's what's going on here. We knew it was a 1% chance. I do think that their, their appeal is going to go through. 
they're going to get some things, I think, out of this. They're going to correct some election stuff for 2024, but certainly not enough. And, and certainly it's a, it's a huge blow to freedom here in Arizona and across the country. And this is going to be on everybody else's doorstep here very, very soon. So I hope everyone's paying attention. Yeah, we know ranked choice is coming to Colorado. It's I think it's been voted in or is planned to be voted in in, in a city or two already. And we lost so many seats in both our state Senate and House that it's uh, almost Democrat supermajorities now. So uh, they they can certainly um, mess with other facets of our election. You you probably know that Colorado was the starting point for the blueprint, and that included all mail-in ballots and weakened signature verification and IDs that can be as simple as bringing a utility bill with you, you know, when you go in and uh, just all of the nonsense that opens up for fraudulent um, voting. And fortunately, people have awakened to it all around the country. As you're aware, there are um, national organizations, national groups, weekly national calls of people that are spinning off election integrity sort of units in in virtually every state, the battlegrounds for sure, but even states like Colorado. And, uh, you know, you can't solve a problem if you don't first identify it. And Republicans of the past had had their heads in the sand about all of it. And I do believe that those days are over, thank God. So uh, last question for a Republican National Committee man from Arizona in Arizona. You... Um, you have you have an amazing Twitter presence, for instance, almost a hundred thousand followers there. I've never really done much with my Twitter other than to put up a show promo or retweet a story that I like. You know, I don't understand it. I don't use it very well. Um, but you're obviously um, connected with a lot of people using it. What do you hear when you hear Elon? What do you think when you hear Elon Musk say something like this? Almost every conspiracy theory that people had about Twitter turned out to be true. <laughs> so, <laughs> like if, is there a conspiracy theory about Twitter that didn't turn out to be true? Uh, so far, they've all turned out to be true. And if not, uh, more true than people thought. It's just amazing uh, what's happened to expose the way our government impacted our elections, the way social media impacted our elections, silenced the voice of conservatives. Um, and since you've had some, seems like pretty successful presence there and you're a younger guy, TPUSA, I know uses social media very, very effectively. What do you think the future is for conservatives on places like Twitter? Well, look, thank goodness for Elon coming in there. I mean, he's disrupting big tech in a big way and they're getting very nervous. I think at Facebook and Google and other places because of what Elon's doing, and he has a real opportunity to really cut into their business if he does it all right. And, yes, part of that is allowing freedom to exist on Twitter. Twitter has been kind of the de facto place that reporters and, and journalists and news organizations have gone to to get messages out. And you can read news and see what's going on faster in real time on Twitter. And that's a very special place that they've built. So they have a real opportunity to cut in on these things and expose what Facebook and Google have done. And uh, and we're counting on that. We really are. But look, that's why I'm glad there's a rumble out there now. And, and you know, there's alternatives that exist. And Twitter's great, obviously, and Gitter and Truth are great. But, you know, that's that's going to be the, the battle that we have moving forward is to make sure that we, we never get manipulated the same way that we did in 2020. Because uh, it was sick. It's sick what these people did to us. It really is. And it's just shocking to me that even, for instance, on 
uh, what would you you would consider to be conservative talk radio stations in some locations, including some right here in Denver. People do not want to talk about any of that. In fact, they spend more time bashing Trump and bashing people who are still trying to get to the bottom of elections uh, than they do talking about um, the wide open border, the the invasion of our country and the literal, you know, Twitter is a private company. It's not First Amendment. Of course, it's a First Amendment (laughs) issue when the government gets involved and manipulates or directs. Uh, the way people are being censored. So, um, but but these at least are on the table now, and I think they're winning issues for us over time, Tyler. I agree, and that's what, that's where we have to fight the battle right now. Is and this is why we need some younger people involved in the party, is because these battles are not going to be easily fought, uh, and we need smart people that are stepping up and wanting to defend our liberty. And you know, these people, these these technocrats. Uh, these bureaucrats that exist now all throughout the Biden administration, they're there on purpose. They're there for a reason. And again, they're sick people and they want to take away our freedom. I'd said last question, but uh, do you have any inside information on Mike Pence? I saw through Yahoo News and Sky News that uh, he was an announced candidate. And then I saw a competing story that said he hasn't officially fired filed papers. Do you know anything at all about that? I was just before I got on the phone with you, I just saw the paperwork that allegedly got filed. Very good. So it appears that that has happened. So Woo-hoo. it looks like Mike is Mike is in there. So okay. Well, what did Reagan say? Never bash another Republican, at least not on his first day. <laughs> God, right. God bless well, you, Tyler. I mean, well, well, Go ahead. Thanks so much, Randy. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, my friend. Take care. I'll see you in, see you in uh, California next month. See you in a few weeks. All right. Bye bye. Yeah, that's Tyler Boyer, the Republican National Committee man from Arizona, and a young guy, as you could tell. And uh, talk about being right at the forefront of the battleground there in Arizona and understanding. Uh, I really believed as much as a year ago that the Republican Party, because of Trump, had been unified in a number of ways because of the policies, because of the successes. And then so quickly after January 6th and all of the lies and misrepresentations about that, we're going to spend some time before the end of the Tyler, of the Tyler, the Tyler Tubbs show, the Stefan Tubbs show. We're going to spend some time before the end of it educating you and others who talk a lot of trash about Donald Trump and January 6th and yet know absolutely nothing about Ray Epps and why we will not let go of him. And we're going to hear it from from Kentucky Representatives Tom, T- Representative Tom Massey right out of a hearing that he held, uh, I don't know, it's within the last month or so. But it's just so important. People who will not debate you about it, but yet draw conclusions based on false or misreported information and then try and tell you what to think or what to talk about or what not to talk about it, I, for one, won't put up with it. We're going to take a break right now because when we come back, we've got uh, my good friend Ted Harvey. He is the founder and driving force behind the committee to defeat the president and um, one of the smartest guys I know on the political in the political realm. He'll join us next here on the Stephen Tubb Show, 710 KNUS. It's nice, Leroy. Welcome back at 524. It's the Stefan Tubbs Show. I'm Randy Corcoran from Saturday Afternoons 5 to 8, starting in the new year. And um, this coming Saturday, we're going to do a pre-recorded show for you with some interviews I think you will enjoy. 
But right now we've got some live radio to do, and uh, one of my good friends and, and someone that I've learned a great deal from over the course of my, I don't know now, 12 years maybe of activism, uh, just really useful information and uh, a patriot through and through. His name's Ted Harvey, former Colorado State Senator, and um, he joins us now. He's the director, the driving force behind the Committee to Defeat the President. Ted, Happy New Year, man. How are you? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you for having me on. What was it like for you? Did you have a good one with the family yesterday? Well, it's interesting. My son came in on Saturday morning on Southwest, and his bag didn't come in. Mm. Um, and I was on the phone for two hours on Christmas Eve trying to get figure out where his bag was and been out to the airport trying to find his bag because it has Christmas presence on it and we never found it and then today his flight was supposed to leave tonight and it was canceled and he can't leave till wednesday so you know southwest airlines is messing everybody up i've heard that they have been the worst this particular you know and it's hard to blame anybody over a blizzard obviously or a a cold spell right uh we had a dear friend uh, works at our law firm one of my my wife's literally oldest friends i mean they've known each other the longest and she was to fly out on Christmas Day, which usually is a great day to travel. And yep. but because of you know sub zero around the country and the East Coast was still getting beat after even after we warmed up, it just turned into a disaster. And the pictures she sent from DIA, baggage oh stacked and people, yeah. yeah, and and no masking, no social distancing. So I'm sure we're gonna well, have you know super spreader event now. <laughs> well, I, well, having said that, um, everybody in my whole household has. COVID-19 for the third Christmas in a row. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And we no, nobody. 20-person family events on Christmas, and this is the third year in a row we've had COVID. Huh. And no vax, I hope. Not, not my immediate family, no. Good, good. Because, man, people are dropping like flies, young people with yep. heart attacks and heart inflammation and yep. strokes, and it's just terrifying. Yep. Nice. Yep. 25-year-old son was told he had to get it, and he said he wouldn't get it. And all of the companies he's worked for have eventually succumbed to, um, you know, reality that there's no reason to get it because it doesn't stop the transmission or infection. So, Yeah, and in fact, there are some studies out there that say vaccinated people are, are sloughing off the virus and getting other people right. sick at a higher rate than just uh, the unvaxxed. It's... It's just terrifying how quickly people jumped jumped in and stuck that thing in their arm because I yeah. I and if you look at the if you look at the Twitter files that came out today about COVID, um, it was ridiculous what the CDC was doing, working with all of the social media platforms to push a big government narrative that could very well have killed a bunch of people, um, especially young young men who didn't have any threat of dying from the from the virus but now they're dying because of the vaccine and um, it's all because nobody could state any concern on social media because they'd be canceled if they did it's it's just crazy well i played this before for a guest that i had on earlier in the show but it's very short i think it's worth hearing again elon musk Almost every conspiracy theory that people had about Twitter turned out to be true. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, if, is there a conspiracy theory about Twitter that didn't turn out to be true? Uh, so far, they've all turned out to be true. And if not, uh, more true than people thought.
you know, and they're laughing. And, and I understand it. It almost sounds like nervous laughter in a way, because I think his life is at risk now. But the the truth of the matter is the impact on elections, the impact on people's perception of the world, the impact on people not having access to things that could have kept them healthy, like sunlight and vitamin D and being outdoors more and not being cooped up inside and masking yourself all the time. And then some of the uh, some of the things that have actually helped so many people that are just common prescriptions but became illegal and disqualifying if you were a doctor, you know, your license was at risk if you mentioned or even talked about, much less prescribed hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or some of those things. And it's because all- Donald Trump said that he took it. Yes. And because therefore it had to be bad if yeah. Trump took it. Yeah. And thank God for Elon Musk that we're finally seeing that truly all the conspiracies that we talked about actually seem to have happened at the hands of our government. So what do you do in light of that as we look forward to a presidential election, a very disappointing result for Republicans in the midterms? Um, you're always out there slugging. I know you're not focused on Colorado so much. You focus on battleground states where you think you can really make a difference. Uh, but what's your, I don't know, the thousand-yard view right now of where we're at? Um, well, honestly, I think Elon Musk, doing what he is doing is is shedding light on how corrupt our government is and their efforts to influence the elections in 2020 and 2022 and and the 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 complete corruption of the FBI in trying to interfere in in the elections and sway the elections and my hope is that the republicans when they do take control the next month actually do thorough investigations and get to the bottom of it and hopefully people go to jail and are held accountable for it because they did influence with the um, efforts to try to squash the Hunter Biden laptop story. They interfered in, in the election of the president of the United States, the most powerful person in the world. And, and our government, our FBI, um, was culpable in, I believe, treasonous behavior. And um, somebody needed to be held accountable for it, for whoever made the call to um, say that that was okay. Um, if, there, if there's nobody is held accountable, then the, the American people are never going to trust their government and the most powerful law enforcement agency in the country. And um, that's not good for America. So hopefully the Republicans get to the bottom of that. You know, I haven't – I've thought about this. I haven't said it, uh, made the comment yet, but this whole – um, this may really backfire on the Democrats and on Mitch McConnell and the 17 Republicans who voted for this this horrific $1.7 trillion omnibus bill that the, the Republicans coming into control of the House aren't going to be able to be focusing on fiscal matters because that's been taken entirely out of their hands. So the most useful utility for the Republican House majority is going to be these investigations, and they're just not going to have much in the way of distraction. They ought to really be able to hunker down, and I do not think that bodes well in spite of the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media and the, you know, never-Trumper and and middle-of-the-road Republican consultant class and donor class Republicans. uh, The truth is going to emerge, and... You know, sometimes you got to get beaten ahead before you swing back hard enough to win the fight. And uh, I'm hoping that that's what we're going to see going into 2024. Well, hoping 
Um, you know, that, that's a big word when you're talking about the Republicans actually doing some investigations in Washington, D.C. Elon Musk in the last month has done more to bring light on the corruption of our government than the Republicans did the entire time they were in control during the Trump administration. Um, the members of the re- Republicans in the House and the Senate did everything they could to to throw Trump under the bus and and not try to help him with any of the investigations that were going on. So. You know, I hope so. I think we now have the most conservative caucus in the House in our lifetime, um, and hopefully those conservatives will hold the leadership's feet to the fire and do some legitimate investigations because I, I think the American people, and America specifically, deserve that, that we find out what's going on with our government. And, you know, everybody's saying we need to have a church commission like we did in, in the 70s. Um, when they looked into the FBI and restructured the FBI. And I think it needs to be much, much more stringent than that. I think people need to go to jail. People need to be held accountable. And if they don't, then like I said, it's it's going to only undermine our country even more and more. But to your original question, what, what are we looking at after the last election? You know, I think that the Republicans were behind the eight ball from the get-go. Um, we had 21 U.S. Senate seats that the Republicans had to control, and the Re- Democrats only had to protect 15 seats. So, um, you know, we lost one, and that throws it to the Democrats. And I think in 2024, it's going to be just reversed. There are going to be a ton of Democrats that they're going to have to defend their seats, um, Montana specifically, and other seats around the country. I think we have a great chance of taking back a number of seats in the Senate um, that in states that Trump won overwhelmingly. Um, and so I think we'll take back the Senate. And I think the Republicans in the House have held the House now for 14, uh, I'm sorry, for 11 of the last 14 congressional sessions. And um, I think they will continue to grow on their majority incrementally um, in 2024. And I think we will have the House and the Senate. And then we'll have to see who is our nominee and um, whether they can beat a 80-some-odd-year-old senile old man who is the nominee of the Democrat Party. can't imagine that he's the nominee of the Democrat. I can only <laughs> hope that he is. Um, several things. We're talking with Ted Harvey, and I, I'm real confident in these numbers. In 2022, it was 21 Republican Senate seats and 13 Democrat seats. So we had a lot more. And that flips in a great way. 24 Republican or 24 Democrats have to defend seats in 2024 instead of 13 and only 10 Republicans instead of 21. Right. Yeah. So those numbers. And, And you look at a lot of those numbers that the Democrats have to control. They're in red states. You look at Montana that went into a supermajority in their legislature this this in, in 2022. Supermajority they control in the House and the Senate, and they own the governor's office. They uh, Tester is, is you know a walking dead senator in my opinion. There's no way he's going to get reelected. I think in in West Virginia, there's no way Manchin's going to get reelected. Um, it, it, he's so underwater right now that um, he, I, I bet he doesn't even run again. And uh, then you look at cinema in in Arizona. She changed, you know, went to unaffiliated because she knew that the Democrats were going to primary her. 
um, that's going to make for an interesting election in Arizona. So, you know, those are just three off the top of my head that are going to make interesting elections in, in the next election cycle. And I think we'll pick up all three of them. It's fascinating. And you, you mentioned the, the weakness, the lack of action and activity of the Republican Party in, in uh, you know, really taking advantage of, for instance, the Twitter files and other things. And one of the decisions that's coming up and one that I'll be a, a part of, one of the 167 others who will decide to vote, um, you know, I assume Ronna McDaniel is going to vote for herself. So that leaves 167 of us to decide uh, who will emerge as the Republican leader. And uh, it was kind of funny today because I I remembered that I had reached out to you a week or more ago about coming on. So I texted you just as you were going on Newsmax. So I flipped it on and you sent a message to the Newsmax viewers and me, I assume, about supporting the RNC. Why don't you? Was that an intentional? Did you know I was watching at that moment? <laughs> <laughs> I know you always have Newsmax on when you're at work. Um, but, yeah, I think after watching the Republicans in the Senate particularly vote for this outrageous Democrat, you know, wet dream spending bill that they passed this weekend, that it, that it's outrageous. And um, I don't believe we should give money to any of these Republicans ever. But I guarantee you the RNC will in the next election cycle, and I guarantee you that the Republican Senatorial Committee is going to give money to every one of those Senate candidates that are that voted for this this ridiculous bill. And if I'm a Republican, if I'm a donor out there, whether it's grassroots or large donor, I would never give money to the RNC or to Mitch McConnell's group ever again. Um, there are great groups conservative groups out there that are working diligently, like mine, StopJoe.com, uh, a little plug there, um, that will never give money to any of these guys that voted for this bill. And, um, you know, instead of giving money to the RNC, instead of giving money to Mitch McConnell's um, Republican Senate committee, give it to conservative groups like mine that will actually elect hardcore conservatives to all of these positions, whether it's in the House or the Senate, and let's take our country back because what they did by passing this omnibus bill is they, you know, we're, we're a month away from Republicans taking control of the House where we control the purse strings, where we're able to stop the radical left's agenda. And we could have done that if we would have stopped this bill this weekend, and they didn't do it. They They worked with the Democrats to pass their literally the most left-leaning bill you can possibly imagine as they're walking out the door in a lame duck Congress. And we need to hold their feet to the fire and say, we're not going to fund this effort anymore. And we need to um, stop giving any money to these Republican organizations that continually elect these rhinos because they're destroying our country along with the Democrats. The RNC chairmanship race is up in January. Is there a change in the RNC that would have you change your perspective on that? And, and let's just be honest, you've you run a PAC, so you've got an interest, of course, in in uh, in having money to, to support the, the good work that you do. And and I could certainly go through a list of very positive things that the RNC has done with the money that they've raised. Uh, along with a ton of things that I'd like to see done differently. I think we need a healthy, vibrant, and well-funded RNC doing the right things to contribute to all the other 
uh, groups and activities around the country in order to win elections. Is there anything you could see, uh, including a change of chair, that uh, that would have you you know comment differently? I guess on the RNC. Well, if the RNC came out today and said we will not give one penny to one of these Republicans that voted with the Democrats uh, on this omnibus package, that'd be a start. But I guarantee you they'll never say that, and neither will Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell was one of them that voted for it. Um, So until we start getting Republicans that start standing up for conservative values and a um, frugal government, um, then – why would we support them? I mean, they're no different than the Democrats. We have Republicans leaving the party in droves right now because they look at what's going on and they say, why would I be a Republican? And they're right. Um, if we continually have the leader of our party, Mitch McConnell, um, voting with the Democrats to pass all of this junk, um, why why should we expect anything different? Why why would we continue to give money to the RNC that continues to fund these guys? Uh, I don't yeah. think we should. I, there needs to be consequences for their bad behavior. I chuckle constantly when I hear, uh, you know, sort of the Dick Wadham side of the Republican Party coming out and saying that, you know, people are leaving the Republican Party because people are too extreme. They're too conservative. They're, they're election deniers, whatever the, the latest label is. And yet... With this RNC chair race, I've never heard from more Colorado and national, but Colorado constituents asking me to uh, to support Harmy Dillon in that race. And some people who are writing me saying are saying I left the Republican Party, but it's not because they're not Republican enough or the party's not Republican enough. It's because it's not honoring its platform. It's not standing for all the things that cause people like you and me to be Republicans in the first place. And if people saw more of it, we would have had an influx into the Republican Party, in my mind, if we would have, if Mitch McConnell would have said, no, we can do a partial government shutdown, we'll pick up or or do a continuing resolution, and we'll pick up the spending bill in January when we have control of the purse strings. That traitorous activity is just sickening to me and it's what turns people away from the party not because we're too harsh well if we were too harsh then um how can you say that dr oz was too harsh in in um, pennsylvania he got his butt kicked he was a pro-life uh i mean he was a pro-choice um pro-trans pro-lgbq pro whatever you want to say um he was he was everything every Dick Wadhams rhino across the country is saying it would be the perfect candidate. And he got his butt kicked. You look at uh, O'Day Joe here Day. in Colorado. Yeah. Exact same um, situation here. He got his butt kicked. You look at where we were incredibly competitive, where we had hardcore pro-life, strong conservative candidates like um, J.D. Vance. Um, he won. Um, you you look at um, um, Johnson up in Wisconsin. Ron Johnson. Won. Yep. Um, we we won the races where we had solid conservatives running on conservative values, and um, that that is the ticket that's going to mobilize our grassroots to get out there and work their butts off. It's not going to be these rhino um, Democrats in sheep's clothing that are going to win back the the 
confidence of the conservatives in this country. Ted Harvey, we've got to leave it there. We'll pick it up in the new year. You and I need to get together for a beer and a burger. And uh, as always, I appreciate your insights, your time, and your friendship. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Thank you, buddy. God bless. God Happy bless. Happy everybody that's listening. Better believe it. Let's jump to the break. When we come back, we are going to educate everybody on Rayups, and it's only going to take about five minutes, and I'm not even going to do it. We're going to turn that job over to Kentucky House Representative Tom Massey. But first, let's check in with uh, Lori Kelman in the newsroom, do some updates, and we will see you on the other side. Stay with us at 710-KNUS. So it went from all Christmas to all funk, huh? All right. Leroy rocking and rolling behind the glass. Welcome back. I'm Randy Corcoran here for Stephen Tubbs. 5.51. One more hour in the show. In the final hour, we are going to check back in. If you were with us with uh, at 3 o'clock, or in the 3 o'clock hour, we had uh, the new world record holder for consecutive marathons, Malachi O'Brien on, running 26.2 miles per day. Broke the record three weeks ago on Wednesday at number 62, 63, I think it was 63. And uh, today he ran his 81st consecutive marathon. But there's a bit of a miracle attached to the story and his ability to run and all of those things. And as I thought, since we ran out of time on Deborah's show, that we would bring him back in the final hour. We'll do that near the end of the show. Uh, just kind of a way, nice, easy way to um, to wind things down. Stefan will be back on Wednesday, I'm told. And I think Deb Flora is back in her saddle tomorrow uh, with her regular show. So as things get back to normal and we wrap up the year, I don't know about you, but uh, for instance, my law firm is closed all week. We shut down and give everybody the week off. That never impacts me. I'm checking on emergencies and uh, you know responding to things as they come up. But that's uh, that's one of the burdens of ownership. It's great to be able to let people really recoup, which, man, oh, man, do we need after that brutal cold, after a tough year, a tough election, so many things. Just nice to take a little bit of a break. And it's great to be here with you on 710 KNUS. I do Saturdays from 5 to now 8 p.m. starting on January 7th. be doing a pre-recorded show on New Year's Eve for you, so you can grab it on the podcast if you're busy. And... Uh, I think uh, I always like to remind folks about the other bookend on the weekend, and that's Backbone Radio, our good friend Dr. Matt Dunn, the historic Backbone Radio. Your opportunity to hear the other side of the story here on 710 KNUS. And one of those stories that has come up and then gone away and then come up and then gone away came up today when John Caldera was filling in for George Brockler. And... Um, a caller called in and asked him what he knew about or whatever happened to Ray Epps. And uh, I went back and listened to this call and this uh, and the exchange. And the caller was looking for the word entrapment, the FBI entrapping people on January 6th. And, and John, who does tremendous work over at the Independence Institute, was unwilling and did, unknowledgeable enough to really weigh in on the Ray Epps thing. But he came up came out unequivocally and said he doesn't believe, you know, the FBI is behind any of the January 6th, that there is a government conspiracy or whatever, and that Trump was responsible for not reacting soon enough, even though, you know, I've gone through the timeline of of uh, the Twitter and the video responses that he made pretty damn quickly 
to what was going on. We've established that Nancy Pelosi is the one who turned down National Guard and being prepared for January 6th and all of those things. And I just feel like that if people are going to tie Trump to that and and tell us that's one of the reasons we should ignore him as he continues to be the front runner in the Republican Party for president, that it's important to actually understand some of the other side of the story. And Ray Epps is the only person on video. You even saw a little of it with the January 6th committee hearings, which I chose not to watch. Uh, of Ray Epps encouraging people to go to the Capitol, go into the Capitol. On the following day, on January 6th, he was there in, whispering in somebody's ear who then went over and started joining and kicking down barricades and yet never arrested on the FBI's most wanted list, things like that. And so since, you know, some people don't want to take my word for it, you don't need to because we've got Kentucky House of Representatives member, Thomas Massey, who conducted a hearing and actually played some video into the congressional record. And uh, we may run out of time. We won't get to all of this before the break, but we can at least start this now. Here's part one of Thomas Massey on Ray Epps. I moved to strike the last word and I have a video. To... We, have a, we have a video to show if we could start that. In fact, tomorrow, I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. We need... We need to go, I'll say it, we need to go in to the Capitol. Let's go! I'm going to put it out there. I'm probably going to go to jail tomorrow. We need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. That's Ray Epps. Now, I think that's interesting because people were already identifying him as a plant. Fed, fed, fed. That's the Trump supporters on January 5th, while Ray Epps is pushing them, encouraging them, telling them we have to go to the Capitol. We have to go into the Capitol tomorrow. And they're outing him as a fed. Ah, dang it. I moved to strike the last word and I have a video. My big fat finger. We have a video to show if we could start that. All right, go go ahead and pot that down, and I'll stop it here in a few seconds. Um, what that that particular clip goes into is him whispering in somebody. You got to watch the video to to really understand it, uh, because he. Oh man. Okay. All right. Um, because he actually on January sixth then is at the Capitol before barricades are breached. And he's whispering, and people are starting to rattle barricades in front of cops. Inexcusable. Arrestable. Shouldn't be in jail for two years awaiting trial. But setting all that aside, he's whispering in the ear of somebody who then joins into the melee, busting through a barricade. And we will pick that up on the other side when we return. Right now, I hear the music. We'll pick up the rest of that clip and just finish the rest of Ray Epps, courtesy of Kentucky Rep. Tom Massey, when we return on the Stephen Tubb Show, 710 KNUS. You got to know this stuff. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.